Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, you guys know Abby Johnson, right? If you don't know her, you definitely should know her. She has a whole movie <laughs> about her life because she was this Planned Parenthood um, director, and then she has some sort of awakening moment. She becomes woke about what abortion actually is, the slaughtering, the lynching of children in the womb. And then she leaves Planned Parenthood, and she becomes this... Um, anti-abortion activist and I use anti-abortion but judiciously here because I don't know where where she is at on other life issues I don't know where she's at on the death penalty I don't know where she's at on war I don't know where she's at on euthanasia so I don't know if she's a whole life from the womb to the tomb I like to think she is I know she's Catholic but so I'm saying anti-abortion very specifically here because I know she's against abortion so anyway um, so yeah she spoke at the RNC um, convention in 2020 um, so yeah, she's very popular. I follow her on the Twitter, so she's um, she's pretty witty sometimes, as well. So anyway, she put this video out that I'm going to watch with you and respond to. She put it out earlier this year, and she got a lot of criticism for it. She deleted it or made it private, whatever. Recently, Vice got it, re-uploaded it, and so I didn't get a chance to respond to it back then. So, but I borrowed it from Vice, and so now I'm going to respond to it. Now she says a lot of things in here that. Um, a lot of black Americans are like, you know, they feel it's kind of cringy. She feels she's out of place talking about these things. But she also says some things in the video that, that are kind of um, interesting. So that I thought were valuable. But so I'm going to watch it with you guys. And we're going to watch it together. And I'm going to be responding to these things. And uh, so, yeah, and let me know what you think about this down in the comment um, box below. And so I look forward to talking to you uh, guys more about this afterwards so yeah let's let's roll it boom we can't get fooled again hey friends abby johnson here hey abby johnson and, uh, i haven't known if i should talk about this or not because you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna pause it right there real quick um Usually, if you think that you shouldn't talk about it, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> you know that person at work? You know that person at work? You know, they always come to you and say, <clears throat> or it could be at church or something like that, whatever. But they always say, I, I don't know if I should say this or not. No. If, if there's a question about if you should say something or not, you probably should. That's like, that's your conscience telling you, that's speaking to you, that no, you shouldn't listen to your conscience in those instances, because if you're thinking that you shouldn't say something, it's probably better just to just stay quiet. But let's let's go ahead. Um, as you can all see, I'm a very white person and uh, I found that uh, as a white conservative. Non-woke non -woke. Uh, person. When I speak on racial issues, uh, uh, my voice uh, isn't wanted. But then when I'm silent on the issues, I'm told that I need to speak. And so as a white person, I feel like uh, I don't I don't really know what to say. I have um, black friends who absolutely love Candace Owens and her voice, and I have just as many black friends uh, who hate her. Um, listen, just I'm just going to put this out there, all right, if you're white. Um, judging, you know, 
putting your black friends in the categories according to whether they like Candace Owens or not is just just weird. I'm just gonna put that out there, right? I don't I don't think that's a that's a measuring rod, right? For um, <laughs> how to you know divvy up your black friends. You know, my friends over here they like watermelon. My friend black friends over here they like chicken. I don't I don't really think Candace Owens is you know like a, a good divider line, right? I don't I don't know. I think I don't know. You know, black people in the com box tell me if I'm wrong. I just don't. That just seems a little bit weird to me. You know. Half of her black friends like Candace, other black friends don't. All right, it's just I I don't I don't know because I know because I know black conservatives who don't like Candace for a, a number of reasons, right? Um, and so and I know I know black liberals who do like her, and so I don't. Uh, it, it's just weird that someone would like divvy up, you know, their white friends. I don't, I don't know maybe I do except maybe I do have white friends and maybe. Half of them, maybe half of them do like Britney Spears and the other half don't. Fine. I just don't know what that says about them. Okay. So it's just, it's just a weird divider line, but you know, I digress. You know, it's hard to know as a white person sort of how to navigate this. And so I've sort of felt like, uh, my voice isn't wanted in this conversation, but you know what? I've decided She's going for that, it. She's um, going for it. I can't be quiet about it. You know why? Because as many of you know, I have a biracial son. A biracial. Okay. His name is Jude. Jude. And he is just, in my opinion, the most adorable little brown boy you will ever see in your life. He looks like he has a perpetual tan. He has the most gorgeous hair on the planet. And... Oh, that's um, he love, love, loves his brown skin. He talks about man. it all the time. He has good hair. Um, his brothers talk about how he, how he has brown skin, and they have peach skin, and they talk about their differences lovingly, and um, I love it. And I'm it's a constant house. source of con- conversation right. in our home. And That's what they, do. Uh, they love to talk about their so. differences, and it's a beautiful thing. Maybe it is. All right. And, We're not going to judge that. I've got five boys. Wow. And eight children, but I have five boys. Wow. Three girls. My mom had five boys. That's a lot. And as a mom of five boys, and uh, one of those boys being biracial, I recognize that um, I'm going to have to have a different conversation with Jude than I do with my brown haired little Irish very, very pale-skinned white sons as they grow up. Uh, all right, so let me let me just pause this for a minute because I'm like, I'm confused. Maybe she'll explain this in a minute, but I'm like, why do you have, like, different conversations with different kids just because one is, like, chocolatey and the other one is, like, vanilla? Like, if you're, at, you know, if you're raising your sons, why not raise them with the same values and standards across the board all right i think she's about to get into a whole police violence thing that maybe she has to talk to her her chocolatey son a different way because he's chocolatey and um but if you if you raise your kids the right way to respect authority um to behave well why why is there a different conversation you know, I, I never had sons i have you know four daughters but you know i'm the oldest of um all my brothers 
Um, I mentored a lot of kids. I never felt I had to have a conversation with people just because of their color. I don't. I don't know. This seems a little bit about a little bit of overreach for me. I don't know. Um, I know a lot of white parents who do have black kids, and, and what I don't like is like when they treat them as if they're as if they're they're black, right? As if they if they're making them feel different, if they're making them feel like they're victims, right? I think that's a, a, an awkward situation to be raised in a household where you're always meant to feel different, right? And um, yeah, so I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Let, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Because right now, Jude is an adorable, perpetually tan-looking little brown boy. But one day, he's going to grow up, and he's going to be a tall, probably sort of large, intimidating-looking, maybe brown man. I don't know why this is, but I heard James Martin, the Jesuit, you know, he said it. One of his videos, he just, he's describing this man who's coming into mass. He's describing this, this big black chocolatey man. Just it's like why why is that why <laughs> like why would white people why do you, why when you guys like describe a black man sometimes he's always like the most scariest thing you can ever think of. Like he's he's just big and black and like intimidating. <laughs> Like, that's like something you ever hear, you know, black people, we'll never describe white people like that. We'll, we'll, we'll just like, just imagine like the scariest white person you can like ever imagine in your life. Like he was this white man with tattoos and his feet were curling and he had this beard, like ZZ top and a rifle on his back and he had a pickup truck. We don't just, we don't, we don't describe white people like that. We don't, we don't. We just like, and I don't think anyone does, you know, except when it comes to black men. It's like, it's always, it's always a, just the scariest thing you can think of. And that's odd that she describes her son that way, but let's see where this goes. And my other boys are probably going to look like nerdy white guys. And so I realized that I'm going to have to have a different conversation with Jude than I do with my nerdy white kids. And you know, that doesn't make me angry. And many of you would say, that should make you angry, Abby, but it doesn't make me angry. You know why? Because I look at statistics over emotion. Okay? Now, I'll tell you what does make me angry in a minute, but I, I'm, right now I'm going to look at statistics over emotion. Okay? Statistically, I look at our prison population and I see that there is a, a disproportionately high number of African-American males in our prison population for crimes, particularly for violent crimes. So statistically, when a police officer sees a brown man like my Jude walking down the road, as opposed to my white nerdy kids, my white nerdy men walking down the road. Because of the statistics that he knows in his head, that these police officers know in their head, they're going to know that statistically, my brown son is more likely to commit a violent offense over my white sons, okay? So the fact that in his head, uh, he would be- no. More I, I, careful you know, around cop, my brown you know, son than my white son. I'm hearing this. 
that makes and that police officer it's like a logical smart. leap that I'm hearing because of statistics, statistics or no if you're if you're a police officer you know jump into comment box below because I don't I don't know if that's actually true I don't know what she's saying here is that statistics they that governs one's behavior that because you know statistics that somehow it, it somehow it manipulates your mind to govern your behavior a certain sort of way right and she's looking at statistics without any mitigating factors whatsoever because the truth behind statistics are um you know uh, yeah if blacks were more uh, prone to um you know violent behavior um statistics also say that it's also oftentimes against other blacks as well um and that is also in certain type of neighborhoods right and and so there's a whole bunch of other factors here that I don't know if a police officer would just just <laughs> go on the, the stats alone without taking into consideration all the other things that influence those statistics. OK, so I think she's taking a logical leap here and I think it's, you know, a bit off. Now, if he treats my brown son violently, more violently than my white son, that makes me angry. But if he's on more high alert with my brown son than he is my white son, that doesn't mm -hmm. make me angry. Okay. Because that's just smart. Because that's of smart. statistics. That's okay? weird. Now, if he's if he acts in an unjust manner toward my brown son than my white son, that makes me angry. But statistically, if he's on more high alert, that, I'm not angry about that. No, you should be. So I recognize that I have to have a different conversation with Jude. I recognize that I'm going to have to talk to him about how to behave when he gets pulled over and how to be maybe extra cautious when he gets pulled over as an adult. How he walks down the street, how he talks to a police officer. No, you make him feel like a, a victim officer. I get that. By doing that. And that just made me angry. You're not treating him equal. What makes me angry... You're talking down to him. ...is the why. Okay, let's get to the why. Because nothing you said so far makes any sense. Why I feel bad for are the time. statistics the way that they are? I mean, I think the children's services should come take your son away. I started doing a little this digging because I'm a researcher by nature. And part of my education is to be a researcher. Um, I'm almost done with my doctorate okay, in um, clinical counseling. And so part of that degree and my master's is in um, clinical counseling. So okay. part of that is right. is doing a lot of research. Let's so um, Let's get to the point. Let's go. I'm just sort of a research nerd. So I, I look at a lot of research. So I started looking right. at research about fatherhood because I believe that one of, I believe the primary reason that we see a lot of the illness in our society today and one of the reasons that we're seeing a lot of what's happening today in our society is because of fatherlessness because fathers have not stood up and and they have not taken their place in the home okay okay I'm and particularly in black homes okay. and i knew that the previous statistic had been that 70 okay. percent of black homes were without fathers and so I started researching and started looking to see if that statistic had gotten better, if there had been an improvement. And I found, unfortunately, it had not. That that 70% has maintained pretty steady over many years. 
And so I started looking at these different fatherhood initiatives. I remember Denzel Washington had been part of that fatherhood initiative. I remember, you know, there were, there were other, um, Black actors and and uh, male oh activists, God. black male activists that have been part of that, and I, I started looking and I realized that their voices had really been silenced, and I started wondering why. Oh, so I continued to research. Okay. I continued to look up what was going on, right. and I found out what happened. There are these activists in the black community who are trying to redefine what black fatherhood is. Now, this is what makes me angry. All right, all right, I'll make sure I agree. And this is what should make you angry. I'm ready, I'm ready to be mad. This is what should make the black community angry. Make us all angry, Abby. Bring it, what you got? Okay. What you got? Let's go. There are studies out there that are trying to redefine Mm -hmm. black fatherhood. Okay. They are essentially saying that the 70% number is a lie because black fatherhood looks different than white fatherhood. Okay. That black fatherhood Uh actually does look like a black man coming in and out of the home That's true. and not being a consistent presence in the home. That's true. Part-time dad. And that that version of fatherhood is equivalent to a white father being consistently in the home. Well, not that part, but okay. Yeah. I don't want to cuss on here. That type of fatherhood is that is BS. That is BS. Yeah. And that is unacceptable. Is racist. And it's became the norm. I don't know. If Children, it's no matter their skin color, deserve the consistent presence of a father in their life. Black fathers do not get a pass. Right. I'm with you. Just because it is culturally different. Just because black fathers don't want to be in the home and culturally it has been acceptable well, for them to be with multiple women. Abby. Well, First of all, women, well, black women, you deserve better than that. Amen. Preach. You deserve a man Preach. who is going to father a child with you and be with you in the home Preach. with you Get and your first, child. By the way. But Number Preach. one. Second of all, your children deserve to have a oh. father who is going to consistently no, 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 no. be with your oh. child oh, preach in that. the home. Preach that, girl. Period. Hey. Black children mm. do not deserve a lesser father simply mm. because they are black. Well, White children do not deserve a more consistent presence in the home just because they, they are, are white. Well, oh, white, okay. Right. That yes. is racism. I don't know if that's racism, but it's definitely ignorant. But that's what's happening. Yes. Pretty that's what's happening in research institutions right now. Yes. Preach. They are trying to yeah. redefine Redefine. Black fatherhood. Black fatherhood. Because they don't like 
mm-hmm. at 70 percent so instead of setting the bar higher uh-huh. for black fathers right they they're doing? simply redefining redefining it because that's fatherhood what in the black community redefine everything preach that's yes. correct well gone girl if black america Ooh. wants to start writing and talking about something this is it oh whoa i don't know if you can talk to black america though this is it they're not gonna like that abby no you're a white woman i don't think you can do that i like the spirit though but that's not gonna fly our prisons are disproportionately filled with black men because of this 70 percent statistic that's true. Mark my words. There's more white people in prison, but yes, disproportionately black. It's not because of bad cops. True, not because of bad cops. Because of bad dads. I'm with you, I think. Bad dads. No dads. You want to jump on board with something? Jump on board with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 70%. It's actually 77, but I don't know where you got the 70 from, but... Seventy percent. Okay, we'll we'll go. Of with these that. dads are walking out on their babies. They never. They're not walking out. They just were never there to walk out. I'm not making an excuse for bad cops. There are bad cops out there, but not seventy percent of them. Mm-hmm. What you got? What else you got? You want to end what's happening? Yeah. In these black communities. Don't try to redefine black fatherhood. Right. Right. We're not going to redefine that. That's not what's going to fix this. No, no, no. Redefining black fatherhood will not fix what's happening right now. No, it's going to make it worse. Defining it in the first place is what will fix this. Yeah. Getting fathers back in the homes... No, is what's going to fix marry women before having sex. Redefining the black culture in general, empowering women to make the decision that they deserve better than to be with a man who's going to run around on her, and that that be culturally acceptable. Oh, that changes the culture. Preaching to black women again. (laughs) Yeah, we've got big issues right now in the black community. We. But at the root of it, we. the root is not with bad cops. The root I just don't know if you can say we. starts in the home. The root is at the family. Right. If you want to solve this madness that's going on right here, right now in our society, that is where you start. Because what's happening right now with police and criminals and rioting and violence, mm-hmm. that is just a symptom okay. of what has been going on for a long time. A long time. In the homes and the communities of our black family. Yeah, so overall, it was, you know, it was an interesting video, right? Interesting take by um, Abby Johnson. She made some, you know, some solid points in that video. Um, a little bit of overreach. I definitely see why <laughs> no sub. Uh, by people who listen to the video kind of like eh, you know feels kind of cringy feels kind of like a little bit of an overreach like hey i don't know you know if you should be saying that right because i'm definitely 
a lot of black Americans feel like, I, th I think everybody feels like, you know, if this is your community, you have a right to speak about that community. Like Catholics, you know, we feel, you know, kind of, you know, awkward, feel some kind of way when people outside of the Catholic community always wants to comment on the Catholic faith because they really don't know. They know what they hear, but it's not really their experience. They always want to just jump in and say, hey, you guys need to take care of your bad priests or something like that. And it's always like, well, you really don't know what's going on. You don't know the Catholic Church has been the safest place for children for like 20 years. And so you're just jumping in. And like it always feels kind of like, you know, we have to be on, on the defensive because that person is not of com the community and they don't know. And I think any community is like that, you know. Um, I'm an American who is black. Um, I'm, I'm a Catholic who is black. And so these are the type of communities that I, I feel like I can comment on with some authority because I'm living this experience. But I'm not going to go jump in and talk, start talking about the, the Polish community or the Irish community or the, um, I don't know, the African community, different types of Africans, right? Nigerians or Liberians, the people that are living here, um, the Ghanaians. So I, I, I'm not of that community. So I, I, my, my, my knowledge and my experience is very limited. I can come in, I can listen, but I shouldn't comment, right? Because that's not my community. Um, so especially if I'm not asked, I'm not just going to be just officious and just offer some sort of, you know, um, um, uh, critiques or something like that if I'm not invited to make those critiques, okay? So that's why I think a lot of black Americans like listening to Abby talk about this and like, hey, no, that's not your place. And I also feel like, you know, some kind of way, just the way, you know, she's talking about her son, you know, this my big chocolatey son with curly hair. Like, that's, that's weird. <laughs> you know, that's in, in treating her son different from her other sons and feeling like she has to have a conversation with him to make him a victim, to make him feel black and inferior. It's just kind of like, you know, because a lot of black people, we don't even have conversations with our kids about that you know we just raise them with good morals and values right and that should be enough to guide them through right and there's some some situational things that you always want to inform your kids about but i'm not i'm never going to like make my kid feel like they're a victim and feel like they are um, powerless or or the man it's just, it's just a i think a horrible it's a horrible existence for a kid to always feel like they're they're different right so that's where i'm kind of at on it so i understand the black critiques of Abby's video and also at some points where I see where she's coming from right so for someone to not um, be a part of the black community the second half of her video was, was pretty interesting talking about a 70% which I think is also actually 77% of black children are being raised by a single parent that's a strong point right and whenever, you know, as a black person, when we talk about this, other black people talk about this, you always do have that one black person saying, well, yes, they're being raised by a single parent, but their father is in their life. No, that that's, but that's not how it's intended to be, right? Yes, they're in the, the child's life, but they're not actively in the child's life when they're, when they wake up in the morning or when they're going to sleep. You know, this weekend dad type of thing, maybe drop off some money. Hey, let's go get some ice cream type of stuff. No, that's that's not it. Right. But then that's just a symptom of a bigger problem, which I was, you know, responding to Abby. Like, no, the, the situation is, you know, people we've lost sense of what, what child, what, um, the, the concept of children. Children are for marriage. Right. A children and sex is for marriage. <laughs> so we, we've gotten this whole thing backwards. So we have to get to a point. We have to educate um, as, as black men, we have to start cherishing black women.
right? We have to start, we have to start loving black women. We have to stop using women for sex because when we when we um, use black women for sex, what we're doing is we're violating that woman and we're also violating that woman's future husband because if that woman's not yours, and she then she's another woman's another man's wife, and so we should protect her for him, right? And go find our own wife, right? Marry her then have sex, then have children, then raise those children the right way. So yeah, um, so yeah, a lot, you know, a lot more can be said about this, but just respond, that's just a response to Abby's video. Um, interesting, interesting. Um, appreciate some aspects of it. Um, another aspects, again, I definitely see why people feel uncomfortable listening to it. So yeah, all right, thank you guys. I will talk to you soon, but until then, blessings and shalom to you and to yours. Boom, we can't get fooled again.